0: Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. We're here this morning to to drink at the well, so to speak, cuz God's word is, is is a is a fountain. Amen. It's it's a wellspring of life. All his words are Amen. Um, I don't see any prayer requests in front of me this morning. We always give thanks for that. But I want to I just pass on a praise report. If you're on the prayer network, we were praying for Albert's dad, who was very seriously ill, very seriously ill. Um, I believe they spoke to Albert and his brother and said, if your dad has a, has a stroke or a heart attack, that the question of do we, do we try and resuscitate him comes to life. Anyway... Um, Albert's dad is sitting up, speaking to nurses, v- recovering very well. And so, you know, prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. And, um, phew, you know, we just get the reward of hearing the praise reports, which is amazing. We can't be ignorant of the power of prayer and the way that prayer works. And uh, prayer sometimes doesn't work the way we want it to, pr- to work. And uh, so, before we go on, and I know we don't have prayer requests, but I believe that maybe this is for someone this morning, before we go to the Word for a short while, I want you to go to um, Isaiah chapter 38 in your Bibles. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. It's talking about King Hezekiah. It says there that uh, he became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet came to him and said, for the Lord says this, set your house in order and prepare a will. Sounds pretty ominous. For you shall die. You will not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, please, O Lord, just remember how I've walked with you, how faithful I've been, how loyal I've been. I've walked before you in faithfulness and truth and with a whole heart which has been absolutely devoted to you, and I've done what is good in your sight, and he wept greatly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, the prophet, saying, go and say to Hezekiah, for the Lord, the God of David, your father, says this, I've heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. So listen carefully, I will add 15 years to your life. Amen. I'm going to add 15 years to your life. I will rescue you and the city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. This shall be a sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will do this thing, that he has spoken. And then we know in the, in the couple of verses after that, that the, the time stopped and the sundial was, was reversed. Time stood still. And then in verse 9, after Hezekiah had recovered from his illness, he says this. He said, In midlife, that's where I am, <laughs> I, I am to go through the gates of Sheol, the place of the dead. I am to be summoned, deprived for the remainder of my years. I said, I will not see the Lord, the Lord in the land of the living. I will no longer see man among the inhabitants of the world. My dwelling, is pulled up and removed from me like a shepherd's tent. I've rolled up my life as a weaver rolls up a web and he cuts me free from the warp of the loom. From day to night, you bring me to an end. I'm getting to the best one of the best verses in the Bible. I lay down until morning, like a lion, so he breaks all my bones. From day until night, you bring me to an end, like a swallow. Like a crane, so I chirp. I coo like a dove. My eyes look wistfully upward. O Lord, I am oppressed. Take my side and be my security. What shall I say? For he has spoken to me and he himself has done it. I will wander aimlessly all my years because of the bitterness of my soul. Lord, by these things men live. And in all these is the life of my spirit. Restore me to health and let me live. Indeed, it was for my own well-being that I had such bitterness. And here we go. But you have loved back my life from the pit of nothingness. You have loved my life back from the pit of destruction. And you have cast all my sins behind your back. For Sheol cannot praise or thank you. Death cannot praise you and rejoice in you. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness. It is the living who give praise and thanks to you. Amen? Any living here? (laughs) It's the living that give praise and thanks to you. As I do today, a father tells his sons about your faithfulness. The Lord is ready to save me. Therefore, we will play my songs on stringed instruments all the days of our lives at the house of the Lord. What an amazing, what an amazing passage of Scripture. Yeah, he, he, loved, he loved all of our lives back out of the pit. It's just such, such amazing love and amazing grace. Hezekiah was doomed. I remember... My dad telling me the, the, the story of my grandpa, my, my papa McLaughlin. And I, I, I remember the night the whole family was called to Crosshouse Hospital. And he was not well. He was ready to go. And um, I think my dad got a bit of time to go in and pray, pray with my papa. Well, from the brink of death, God gave him another Seven years. Seven years. I think, I think I'm right if, to my family that are here. I think it was seven years. I think I remember he still got back on his bike and tied the dugs to the bike and would cycle through co So God is ready to extend your life. He's ready to add years to your life. He wants you to live a long life. He wants you to prosper and flourish. He wants you to be in good health. Yeah, circumstances come. There's a a verse in the Bible that says, forces will assemble themselves. They will. They'll assemble. They'll be ready. But he is our shield and our deliverer. Amen. Amen. And so that should give us all hope. God has loved us unto life. You know, you hear people saying, oh, I love you to death. I'll do this. I've done this to death. Now, God is. Sometimes we don't think about what we say. Oh, do this thing to death. But God has loved us unto life. Everything he does is unto life. Eh? And so prayer that changes things, like Hezekiah, our attitude is so important. What has God done in your life? What has God done in our life? What has God done in the life of this church? Think back to the days when you came, March March 1987. What has God done? There are people sitting in this place today. There are people that are all over the world today that because of a church here, their lives have been changed. Give, we need to give. remember that. Give, let, let that shape our attitude towards, to what God is going to do in our future. Amen? What is our attitude towards being rescued from death, to be loved back out of the pit? What is our attitude? It has a bit of acedia crept in? coolness, just a bit of, you know what? No, it's no big deal. These things are very important. He's loved us out of the pit and translated us into the kingdom of light. That's a great place to be. And if we, have, if we let that thought of that shape our prayers and our attitude, that'll make all the difference in our, wor- in, in our world. If our attitude is wrong, our prayers will be hindered if we break fellowship with him. you understand? And we finished last week, we were talking about the power of choice. God's given all of us choice. And we're talking about spiritual vitality. This is vi- spiritual vitality part two. You know, not everything is going to be good and perfect all of the time. Spiritual vitality is not reliant on everything in your world being good and perfect all of the time. True spiritual vitality means that our spirits are alive and they prosper no matter what comes against us. That's what true spiritual vitality is. Whatever you are facing, spiritual vitality says, my spirit will not be dominated by the enemy. My spirit is indomitable. He is the God of my life. He's the king of kings. There's no earthly, he's the name above all names. And I am his son. I'm his daughter and I will not be dominated. That is what true spiritual vitality is. The enemy cannot dominate you. Do you receive that this morning? Amen. Vitality, I mean, sometimes you heard the saying, I'm on a roll. Everything, everything seems to be falling into place. I know there's some, there's some people here this morning. Life has, God has just been good. He has, he has been blessing. He's been restoring family relationships. He's been doing so many things, getting you through things that you thought, oh, I'll never be able to do that. He's getting people through. And sometimes our spiritual vitality, it's buoyed up when prayer is answered. Oh, my prayer's been answered. You go to another level. Your faith grows. You're, you're, oh, I can trust. If I can trust God for that, I can trust God for anything, surely. And so, it empowers us all the more when our prayers are answered. Linda's not here; she's in the back room. But I remember times in our life when a large volume of prayers went up, but only a small percentage of those prayers were answered. And we went through some. We're having a, a wee chat with Helen at the back of the church today. We all face things, and we think that's unfair and that's unjust. Half of my business premises burnt down. And we thought, how are we ever going to get out of this? The insurance company wouldn't pay. I had about 140 clients with stuff in our shop. And I thought, oh, what are we going to do? And God's seen us through that whole season. We, we, we recompensed every single customer. And you know what? Not because of what we could do but because of the wisdom that God gave us to handle that situation. Because, yeah, we might look to what's there in the natural to help us out, but God is our supply. He is our supply, and our, and our help came. So we were in that position, and I believe that sometimes you know, we were there because of our ignorance. To, we prayed sometimes with the wrong motivation. We were ignorant of God's word, we perhaps didn't have the right attitude, and um, perhaps there was a bit of acedia there as well. I'm sure there was. But God's faithful, and he honors his word, church. Amen. And he, so he gives us choice, and he, he loves us so much that he gave us the freedom of choice because love that's coerced or forced is not a love that you want at all. You want a love that is freely offered and freely given, don't you? That's what we want. That's what he wants. And so his word is his bond. It's his honor. And it will not allow him to break our will and our choice. We have this power of choice. He won't do anything against our will. We have to be willing. Amen. And I was thinking about this. That's what we have to do as Christians. It's our job to let people know what the will of God is. Embrace his will. His will is better. His will is better. Surrender your will and embrace his will. Amen. So when we pray like Hezekiah, God has heard our prayer. He sees our tears. Amen. He hears our our cries for help. And if we ever expect his ears to be open to us, but our ears are closed when he comes with his next request, Lewis, will you do this? Will you do this for me? Oh, mm, that was a bit muffled, Lord. Will you say it again? Or whatever the case may be. But then we go and life drives us to our knees and we cry out, you know, just as just as. Good as, as God is at hearing us, we have to open our ears to hear him, amen, to let that river of life flow for prayers to be answered, amen. This is one reason why we're sapped of spiritual strength and vitality, I believe. You've heard the saying, hope deferred makes the heart sick, it's scripture in the word. The answer's not coming quickly enough. It's been retarded somewhere. I, want to, I went to, this, to a concordance and I took all of the concordance meanings and I put it together. So he's, here's that verse out of the Strong's Concordance. Expectations that are drawn out make the inner man, mind and will, weak and tired. But when the longings of our hearts comes to pass, it revives life. Amen? Isn't that good? When the longings of our hearts come to pass, it revives life, revitalizes us. Let's be honest with ourselves. What do our hearts really long for? When you leave here today, spend time in a garden somewhere. When I got up this morning, I had about 10 minutes in the garden. It's nice spending time in a garden. All sorts of things happen and change in a garden. Spend some time thinking about that. What does your heart truly long for? What does your heart long for? And you don't want to hear me saying, well, as believers, it should be this or it should be that. I'm not going to say that this morning. But go away and think, what does your heart truly long for? The only thing I would say is that, are you enjoying God? Are you enjoying Him? Are you enjoying His life? Are you is there a vibrant, alive relationship with him? Yes. Amen. So he is the God of the impossible, but he will not violate our choice and our will. We have the freedom and power of choice. We can choose to be full or we can choose to be empty, not in the same way as we empty ourselves out for in his service for what we do, but we can choose to be full and we can choose to remain empty if we want to. He, we have that choice. He never imposes himself on us to force us one way or the other. He didn't force us to love him. Amen. Deuteronomy 30, 30 verse 19 says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between a blessing and a curse. Now I call on heaven and earth. This is interesting. I call on heaven and earth to be the witness of the choice that you make. The choices we make are Remembered. The choices that we make are not just glib choices that, oh, do you know what? It was just a mistake. We must be more keenly aware of the choices that we make. The choices that we make will determine if we reach our destiny. We we're at a beautiful baby naming ceremony yesterday. It was a kind of a bit of a Nigerian affair, and we had, it was a bit of everything going on there yesterday. And it was a great day. And, uh, you know, when you go, when, when a warrior goes to select a bow and an arrow, the last thing he wants is a crooked stick, because a crooked stick or a crooked arrow don't go where you want it to go. It's the same with our choices. Our choices determine where we will go, where our destiny will be. Do you believe that? Yeah. Amen. Thanks for your encouragement. <laughs> Amen. And I've always thought, I, I thought many times, you know what, Lord why didn't you just do away with all that? Don't give me the option. Because if you never gave me the option, then I would be fine. I wouldn't slip up. I wouldn't screw up. Everything would be just fine. I'd just be, you know, you would just, that's where I would be, under your will. And uh, my destiny would be secure. But there's a reason he gave us choice. Because the heart, the heart of man is where everything happens. That's where love emanates from. It's also where rebellion emanates from. It's where hatred, that's where every impure thing emanates from. The Bible says that the, the heart of a man is deceitful. And so we pay attention to our heart's condition. We had to make a decision for him, for his kingdom. You, we all have to make a decision to be for Christ. And also to be for one another, to be for your neighbour, to be for your church, to be for the church in Kilwinning. Amen. In in a couple of weeks' time, we're we're we we're, we're, it's going to be unusual actually. Never been asked to do this before to dedicate the new cemetery in Kilwinning, out on the Glasgow Road, the Redstone Cemetery. Dedicate a cemetery. Lord, I need the wisdom so that 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 has a meaningful outcome that day. We're all coming together, people, other ministers coming together to dedicate this place. So praise the Lord. So why do we have the ability to choose? Well, what happened with Lucifer? The praise and worship leader in in, in the throne room of God. God never forced him or coerced him. His heart turned against God. His pride rose up. He coveted the throne and he led a third of the angel armies out of heaven. They were cast out of heaven because of that rebellion. That will never happen again and that's why choice is important because this time, this isn't a dress rehearsal, this is the real thing. This time, when a new heaven and a new earth comes, there will be no more rebellion. We make the choice. That's why he's given us the choice. Choose life or choose death. Choose me or choose the world. And I know for, for myself, friendship with the world. I was speaking with a man yesterday as well. He says, I, I didn't get it. I would, became a Christian when I was 31, but I actually enjoyed the world. I thought, I thought everything was good, but as, as, he, as, as, he, as he came to know the Lord, he began to realize that there was a better way. And he felt sorry sometimes for people that were... He actually... Uh, this, is a, this is maybe another sermon to explain myself after this. He said, I felt sorry for people who were brought up in church who never really knew what it was like... To, some people are chuckling. <laughs> what it was like to be in the world... And anyway, so that got my thoughts going. But anyhow, we have to make that choice. And so, God will not violate our choice. And neither will neither will the enemy. You know, the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it. We have a choice. The devil is deceitful. He's full of trickery and cunning. And that's how he got us to break fellowship with God in the first place. That's what happened. Amen. He had to trick them into choosing the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, you know, Genesis 2.16, the Lord God warned him, you can eat of any tree here except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you will surely die. Does that sound like he gave them a choice? Yeah, he did. You can, you, you can, you can, you, I'm not stopping you from going to eat this from this tree, but here's what's going to happen if you do. Amen? And so the choices that we make are powerful. The choices that we make reflect, do we have the spirit of the fear of the Lord in our lives? do we reverently fear him? Do the choices that we make reflect our attitude towards the things of God? That day when they did that, made that choice, they didn't physically die, but their spiritual vitality, their spirits died. They were cut off. Spiritual death and separation took place Something that was there, if you read in Revelations 22, can I give homework? Revelations 22. Revelations 22, the tree of life. Go and read Revelations 22. But they were there. The attachment to the giver of life and the river of life was emptied from their life that day when they made that choice. And that's the, the scourge of our time in this time, always looking for some fulfillment, to feel something. But what ends up happening is we feel empty. All right? Empty is an adjective. Empty is something that describes something that contains nothing. Something that contains nothing. Nothing occupies an empty place. Nothing occupies an empty soul. Someone who feels empty feels like they have no value and no purpose. Emptiness is a curse. The polar opposite of emptiness is a full life. An empty life is a hopeless life. But a life, a full life with Jesus Christ inside you is a life of vitality. I want, I want the vital life. I don't know about you. Sometimes you feel that clamp on your chest Oh, there's too much going on. There's too much going on. Just, you have to give up half of this to, make, to, to, to get through this. Father God, I thank you that you give me the ability to do all things through Christ who strengthens me, to do what I need to do. Amen? And so we, we need to do that. We need to ask God, fill our life up, make it vital. I'm just going to bring this to an end just shortly the israelites were in bondage in egypt 400 years and wasn't it, it wasn't nice they were um put upon made to you know do all that stuff by the egyptians they didn't get paid for it they could do nothing about it they couldn't change it they could not escape the bondage that they were in but in exodus chapter 3 verse 21 it says I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty-handed. You shall not, you'll no longer be em- You're going to leave here, and what you were bereft of, completely wiped out, you have nothing to your name. Reminds me of that song this morning. We came here with nothing. We've got nothing, nothing. And God says, because of my favor, you're going to leave this place, you're going to leave Egypt, and you're going. To, you're 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 hardly going to be able to carry the treasures that they give you when you leave. Isn't that amazing? Because of his favor, we will not be empty. We will not be our lives won't be empty. Amen. So, what produces permanent change in us? Giving our life to Jesus Christ. That's what. That's he. he he changed my life. He's still changing my life. He's st- he's, that, that job is going to keep on going for until the, day, until the day he comes back, Jesus is coming back. He is coming back again. So whenever that is, a lot, a lot of people getting caught up in all, in, in all of this stuff, I, I, I like to keep it simple. When I return, be found working. Just keep on doing your, just keep on working. Keep on spreading the gospel. Keep on doing what I've told you to do. Don't worry about what what the media are saying. Don't worry about all this. You will know the times and the seasons by my spirit. Keep your your lamps full of oil. (laughs) Keep your lamp full, and the time is going to come. Amen? Vitality is the power giving continuous life life continues. Amen. True life in Christ is a life of continual strengthening and activity. You know, if you're here today and you say, do you know what? I just feel inactive in the, in the body of Christ. I feel, I feel inactive in God's kingdom. You can change that today. You can choose. You can choose. You can say, Lord God, show me my place. Tell me what to do. You have something to offer. Whether you've been saved for two weeks like Archie or whether you've been saved since 19 Canteen, you have something to offer the body of Christ. You can serve. You can do something. Amen? We did a men's course through the church years ago, Dr. Ed Cole. Never forget one thing he says. It's easier to obtain something than to maintain something. It's easier to get it at the start but to maintain that is difficult. Why is it difficult to maintain? Why is it easier to maintain things that are self-serving? Why is it easier to keep going with things that are selfish and make us feel good? Why is it easier to maintain things that gratify ourselves than things that are positive in the service of God's kingdom and his people? Amen. Because as soon as you make a choice and you say, I'm going to hang on to this. This is a new start. I'm going to keep on going with this. Satan senses a threat. And when he senses a threat, he's not long in assembling around you to try and break that decision that you've made to walk on with Jesus Christ and to do what he asks you to do. Amen? Satan responds. He responds to a threat from the kingdom we sometimes have heard this under great persecution, and under great attack. Well, maybe just around the corner, there's something amazing yes. happening. There's something, there's a breakthrough for you that's coming in just around the corner. So when we obtain that direction, when we obtain the drive that the Holy Spirit puts into you, and I know that some people, you can look at them in the face and you say, I can't see any drive at all. But do you know what? Don't let, the outward appearance fool you. God will stir up our hearts, and I tell you, as our hearts are stirred up, it, our hearts will remind our faces to, to reflect what's going on in our hearts. Sometimes you, you know, you walk down, you walk down Kewinning Main Street, and you don't see a whole lot of life, in the, but that's changing. Kawinning is a place full of life. Yes. We declare it. it's a place full of life. Amen. The Holy Spirit brings things alive in us. Obstructions will come. They want to bring you back down to a base level, a sub-exciting mode of life. But life in life in the kingdom is exciting. And I want to just finish there and encourage you this morning. The Holy Spirit's described in God's word as many things, a wind, a fire, all of these things. Damp wood doesn't burn. We, we start... Dr- we start we'll start dealing with that damp, the, the damp dampness in our lives, the Asidia, and then before long there'll be a there'll be a spark, and your hearts will come alive, and you 'll turn this town upside down, and you 'll turn Ayrshire upside down, and you'll turn Scotland upside down and 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 we'll reach out and And church polity and church politics and this one one said this and this one says that and this one will... That will be of no concern because we are the church, the body of Christ. Be for one another and be for Christ, be for Jesus. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.